welcome back to Catching Up David. This is episode number 24, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Hello, Hallie. Hello, David. Hello, Kristen. Hello, David. All right. So Scott Pilgrim is a 2010 comedy film written, produced, and directed by Edgar Wright, who I know from Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz and Baby Driver. I'm so... wow. I realized while I was putting this together that I've seen quite a few Edgar Wright films. I even saw World's End, which was like the third movie in the Shaun of the Dead trilogy, and it was not that great. It was not. It was the most recent one. Yeah. It being uh, the third, but by most recent, I mean I consider it more contemporary than the other ones. Yeah, but I've I've seen a lot of Edgar Wright, and I have some thoughts that we will get to in a second. Because Scott Pilgrim is also based on the graphic novel series entitled Scott Pilgrim by Brian Lee O'Malley. The movie stars Michael Sarah, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Kieran Culkin, Chris Evans, Anna Kendrick, Alison Pill, Brandon Routh, and Jason Schwartzman. It's Brandon Ruth. Brandon Ruth, which is what I said. (laughs) Carry on. Michael Sarah was in Juno, which we watched for episode number five. So check that out if you need more Michael Sarah discussion in your life. And apparently I have seen Chris Evans because he was in Snowpiercer, but yeah. I d- didn't know it that is... that was him. So that also, doesn't really it, count. It's just ridiculous that you're like, apparently I have seen Chris Evans because of that Snowpiercer movie instead of the wildly popular Captain America franchise part of the... 21 movie Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's it's entertaining to me. Yeah, I've seen yeah. I've seen none of those 21 movies. Oh my not a sing- god. Not a single one. I know we need that to add I Avengers know, like, to the list. It's I on think there. I put all of the MCU on the list. Just Yeah. Just That's we the can new pick podcast. from it. Yeah. So, I do know that he's one of the Chris's, but I don't really know anything else about him. He's the cherry pie. He's the apple pie. And now that you have seen Snowpiercer, I'm sure you agree. I have not seen <laughs> Snowpiercer. I'm just banking on him being very apple pie in Snowpiercer. Kristen, have you seen Snowpiercer? I have not seen Snowpiercer. We may have to, we may have to put a pin in that for later. <laughs> we have to judge we'll Chris Evans only on Snowpiercer. That is now the only criterion that matters when discussing... <laughs> What kind of pie is? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Chris Pine is cherry pie, so no. we can't have two Chris's with the same no. pie. Chris mm-hmm. Pine is peach cobbler. You're right, David. And That's if, like twice in one night. If he's not peach cobbler, which he is, but if he isn't, the only other acceptable answer is Dutch apple pie. No, that's not. That doesn't get to be its own thing. What do you mean, its own thing? Like, it's the same as apple pie. No, it's not. Dutch apple pie is, like, it has the crumbly top, and therefore it's better. Uh, I don't the like crumbly regular... top's overrated. No, I don't like pie crust, so it is very... Well, that's your own fault. Okay, well, moving on. Tell us about Scott Pilgrim, David. Yeah, tell, tell... I will, <laughs> tell us about but first, I, I also, also, I recognized Anna Kendrick. Yes. But only from the Hilton Hotels commercials that she did. I didn't actually know her name. 
<laughs> but she's okay. in those Hilton commercials, and I was like, yeah, that's, the, that's the Hilton, that's you're the Hilton not, person. You're not wrong. I'm not wrong. No. Anyway, Scott Pilgrim, it was a box office flop, but praised <laughs> by critics, who mostly appreciated its visual style and humor. It's since become a cult classic, and there were a number of events planned for its 10th anniversary this year, including a script read-through with the original cast for charity. There were also supposed to be screenings and stuff, but COVID has kind of messed that up. But Frickin' COVID, man. Yeah, but it has become popular enough that there was a lot of interest in its 10th anniversary. So, in case it's been a little while since you've seen it, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World follows Scott Pilgrim as he faces down the world. No, wait, there's more. While dating high schooler Knives Chow, Scott dreams of a girl he's never seen before and immediately falls in love. The next day, he sees her at the library and, after stalking her at a party, falls for her even harder. Her name is Ramona Flowers, and Scott cheats on Knives to be with her. But Ramona has a secret. Seven evil exes who Scott must defeat in mortal combat in order to date her. Meanwhile, Scott and his band, the Sex bob play the Toronto Battle of the Bands in order to win a recording contract, and Scott's fights for his life begin to overlap in ways he couldn't imagine. Some demon hipster girls, Pac-Man trivia, and the vegan police. Scott Pilgrim. So, as I mentioned at the end of our Moana episode, which you should check out if you haven't heard it, Scott Pilgrim is a movie I've heard about since it came out, and people have wanted me to see it for 10 years now, and I've always resisted them because from what little I knew about it, it seemed like not my thing. By which I mean, I knew the plot roughly, which didn't particularly grab me, and I knew that it's super stylized, drawing on like big references to video games and anime and other geek culture things, which also, it's not really my bag. So that said, watching it for the first time, I was right. <laughs> it's not my <laughs> thing. So take that, everyone who said I would love it for a freaking decade. I know my brand. It's not this. <laughs> And I think it sort of has to do with Edgar Wright. Like, this movie is a mixed bag of sort of, like, the best things that he does and the things that I don't respond to as well. And I think it leans a little bit more heavily on the latter. Like, I really did love Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. I, I thought those were both great. But, you know, I wasn't that into Baby Driver. I wasn't into World's End. And as a person who does not really know Edgar Wright's directorial, editorial, whatever style, aside from I did notice that the cutscene styles are very similar because I've seen parts of Shaun of the Dead, but not all of it. What what are the things that you that he does that you like and the things that he does that you are not a fan of? Well, he definitely has a lot of physical humor in his movies. And there was there was quite a bit of that in this movie that I thought was really great. The physicality is really good. The The way he sets up like foreshadowing is something that he's really famous for, where there'll be a tiny object or like a, a very small incidental scene towards the beginning of the movie, and that'll come back as an echo later in the movie, or that'll become something really important. Like, in Shaun of the Dead, I remember somebody gets, like, ketchup on their shirt, and somebody's like, you've got some red on you. And then later in the movie, someone's, like, covered in blood, <laughs> and they're like, you've got some red on you. <laughs> like, jokes like that, I respond to really well and I think are really funny. 
And there weren't mm-hmm. quite as many of those in Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, but he, he's also known for really stylized, I don't know, really stylized action. They often feel like a music video. Like Baby Driver feels to me like several music videos all sort of tied together with a kind of loose heist plot and there's a heist involved yeah he's baby driver is like the getaway driver i had approximately two percent interest in seeing baby driver and now that i know that there's a heist involved that has jumped up to probably somewhere in the 30s or 40s yeah yeah well baby driver is mostly it's mostly the, the the music plays a big role in that, as it does in this movie. And he has a, a very big love of doing flashy, stylized kinds of things, or at least he has towards, like, like Baby Driver and, like, this movie. And I'm a little bit less sold on that sometimes, which is something I do okay. want to talk about. But I want to I wanted to talk about the things that I did really like to start. And we could start talk about the good stuff, and then we can maybe talk about some things that didn't land as well for me. So let's do it. Good stuff. <laughs> Hallie and I were texting a little bit while we watched, and she highlighted the the scene where Knives shows up at Scott and Wallace's apartment unexpectedly while Scott is trying to avoid her, and the physical comedy in that scene is is so good, where like the door comes open and Scott is obviously standing there in the background. And then he dives out the window while Wallace is telling Knives that it's, he isn't home. It's not and there's just a beat or two, and then Scott reaches back in through the broken window to grab his coat, and we see because him hustling like, away down the sidewalk behind Knives. That would be funny on its own, but like Wallace had opened it, was like, Scott's not here, and then closed the door, and then presumably was going to keep up the ruse, and Scott was in the clear. And then Scott jumped through the window, completely in view of Knives, like that. I'm laughing just thinking about it. I'm sorry. I I really like that scene. It's yeah. so sudden. And the glass shattering feels a lot louder and more violent than other glass shattering. I don't know what I'm comparing it to, but it just felt so aggressive when he jumped through it. Yeah. It's a it's a really great, like, 15 seconds or so. And it's it's over the top, but not in the way that the movie becomes over the top, like, once the fights begin. It's just, like, a really... It's a really solid gag it's an excellent gag i love it very very much yeah i feel like there are more of those in in hot fuzz and Shaun of the dead than there are in some of his later movies but and and i guess that's that's one of the things that he does really well that i respond to is is physical gags like that oh he's so good at physical gags which is part of why i love scott pilgrim because i respond very well to the stylization and the physical gags like, even the, the smaller ones, like, when Scott sits up in bed, and then Wallace sits up in bed, and then another man sits up in bed, and then the fourth man sits up in bed, and it's all on one shitty mattress in the corner. And that that's just amusing to me. Yeah. And, um, like, when they do occasionally, Scott doesn't get something, but then it cuts to, like, in his brain, and he has one of those, like, um, what are they? They've got the hands that go side to side, like a barometer, maybe. And then it goes like, gets it, and it dings. Like, that kind of stuff, I just I just really like. So every time they did that, you know, it didn't laugh out loud, but it hit me where it matters. Oh, I love when they do labels on things. Like, the first time you see Scott and Wallace's apartment, 
Um, they have like bed belongs to Wallace, lamp belongs to Wallace, kitchen belongs to Wallace, lame poster belongs to Scott. That kind of thing. I love that kind of thing. I thought the labels were fun, especially as like means of introducing people. Uh, I, it was a good time, especially too because I like that it said their ages without having to do one of those awkward like. You're 22 now, Scott. You should be d more grown up or something or other. It was just like, Scott Pilgrim, 22. And I like that they did that for everyone. It was fun. Not even just the ages, but that was like one little extra layer to it. I love the bios because it's not like... It's not exactly unnecessary information, but it's not super important information you get about any of the characters from their bio either. It's, like, something that doesn't feel important, but does let you get to know the character a little bit better. And I really like that. Yeah. So, like, that kind of physicality, I like a lot. I watched some video on Edgar Wright once about how he's so good at physical comedy like that, and especially at moving people in and out of frame um, in, in comical ways he's good at, like, the jumping through the window, or when Scott sits up. The frame doesn't change, but people keep coming up into it um the really quick cuts like he's he orders a coffee from julie and then he turns and ramona's there that kind of thing he's very oh, good at that one quick cut that i did really really enjoy and it makes sense when you said that he did Shaun of the dead because again i've only seen little tiny bits of it but one thing that i really enjoyed in Shaun of the dead was the very fast cuts between things and I think my favorite one in this movie was when Ramona was walking away and he wanted her to know the name of the place that his band was playing and he's like oh you don't know where we're playing it's at and then it cuts to the scene where it shows the venue and it just says rocket and I thought that was very clever like it had a lot of good cut scenes but that one particularly I was a big fan of it's very charming it was I like to I guess it's not physical comedy exactly, but it, it uses the music in a comedic way. I liked that Scott's band kind of sucked. Yeah. And the, the movie never draws attention to the fact that they suck no. and that their lyrics are terrible. But it, it just sort of treats them like it does all of the other musical acts with kind of a reverence. Almost like as if we're all knives experiencing like quote unquote cool music for the first time. And I, I like, I love that. I like, like when we first see them playing a song, and I mean they're like fine. Like the the lyrics are not good. No. Um, it, but they can they're just play like, like notes. Yeah, there's just like a dopey garage band, but the movie doesn't go out of the way. Like nobody's playing wrong notes, and they're not like obviously. I don't know. They're not obviously trash, but you can listen to it and sort of make up the, I don't know, make up the opinion for yourself that like, oh, these guys are just not very good, even though the movie doesn't present them as not that good. I don't know. I thought that that was, I thought that was great. And I liked the way that music sort of becomes a storytelling device, especially with the, the Clash at Demon Head song. And later when the, um, when the sex bob are playing at Gideon's new club and singing a song about not having fun while they're clearly not having fun and they're dressed in their like stupid costumes. I think that that was also really great. It was well done. 
yeah, it's 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 fun because the music is sort of a key player, but it's an underscored key play or key player that you almost don't realize it is one until you kind of pay attention. Like I had not been thinking I, that but while watching the movie, but hearing you explain it, I'm like, huh, wow, guess it kind of was, wasn't it? Yeah. I think Edgar Wright sort of wishes that he was directing music videos full time because he makes it such an important part of his vid- of his movies. And... I was very pleased that the first Evil X sang a song and I was like, oh my God, is this a musical? And <laughs> no, that was like the only one of them who sang a song yeah. aside from Brie Larson, but she wasn't was one of the Evil X's, but, uh, I was like, this is gonna be amazing! And then no one else sang, so that was kind of a bummer. But definitely music video aspects. Yeah. What other things did you really enjoy about Because, Kristen, this was your first time seeing it, too, wasn't it? It was. I don't know. It was simultaneously the same and different than what I expected. Like, I don't know how to describe that it was both underscored and overscored at the same time. Like, I remember I was frustrated until the first X showed up because I was like, what is the point of all this backstory? Like, surely it has to come into play later. But also, I feel like, you know, what's the point of showing him date Knives Chow? And then he has this whole thing with Ramona. And then she's the one with the seven evil exes. And it's, God, it's already been like 25 minutes which isn't that long in the grand scheme of things. I'm just impatient, but I was frustrated at first, and then the first one showed up, and I was like, okay, 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 I'm ready. And I thought it was kind of a fun concept. I like that everyone's really over the top, and Chris Evans's like, bad action actor character. I did think it was funny, but in a way that I also sort of was like, oof, the vegans and the vegan police and I sat there and I'm like is this movie the reason that people hate vegans and vegetarians is this movie the reason people are like oh you're a vegetarian so but it, I, I thought it in a funny way but also slightly a Scott Pilgrim what did you do to my life way but I don't know I liked that everyone was a big over-the-top character and I liked the very stylistic choices I think even if it wasn't my specific brand because I'm not a big video gamer but I could appreciate that it had game aesthetics and elements to it but I like that he really leaned into it and went for it and it was fun and I like the humor and I thought that Ramona Flowers was cool I like her I like when Scott's at the party and he's trying to figure out who Ramona is and he just draws like she has hair like this and the drawing is terrible and he's like yes that's that's Ramona Ramona Flowers. Flowers Another gang that's just A+. That was a good scene because even though Scott is, like, definitely, objectively not great, and also as a sidebar, I think I could have seen this in 2010 and have been like, wow, Scott was funny, he's a nice guy, and just the fact that time and societal standards have progressed over the last 10 years, he goes from being like, you know what, he's kind of lame, but he's a good guy, to being like, Scott, you're annoying. I think he could have been good 10 years ago. Not so much now. But anyway, I did like the scene at the party because as annoying as he was, it just felt very like 
yeah, he's going to search the whole crowd for the girl he's looking for. And then he starts a conversation and it's awkward and it's weird. And then he asks everyone about her. And I was really amused by it. What were you saying, David? You were going to ask me a question before I cut in to comment on the Ramona Flowers. Yeah, I was just going to ask what else you really liked about the movie. Oh, well, I, I kind of like all of it. I mean, there are some <laughs> jokes that haven't aged well. Like, I would probably, like, I could do without the vegan jokes. And I think they say a couple, like, Chinese jokes about knives that need to yeah. go. Um, and I'm sure there are other handful of things that I'm not, like, crazy about. But I really like how upbeat and actiony and stylized Scott Pilgrim is. And I also feel like, like I play video games, but I feel like you don't need to know a lot about video games to understand Scott Pilgrim. I really like that weird things keep happening and they're just a thing. Like everybody reacts to when the first X shows up and then it's like, oh, there's a fight. And it's like a cool stylized fight where they both do impossible quote-unquote things that normal people shouldn't be able to do but after that initial like oh this is happening it's just like accepted and everybody's like yeah you gotta like fight the other exes i really like when universes are just a little bit tilted like that and yeah. i think it walks the line really really well and i it's interesting too that Kristen was like we're 25 minutes in, let's go. Because that's me in every movie I watch, except for this. This is one of the exceptions. <laughs> because I really enjoy the very beginning because everybody is constantly giving Scott shit and calling him out for being a shit. And just, they will not let him go. And I love watching Scott stumble through, not realizing that he's being a dick and watching all his friends be like, you're dating a high schooler, really? And that kind of thing. And I also just really like that kind of dialogue. The one, it's like really fast. And it's not that there's no emotion or inflection in the lines. It's just very like, Scott, you need to do this now. Remember when I said this? No, no, no. And everything is very like confidently spoken. Very like to the point. You all know what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah, because and I it's... don't... But it's funny because, David, isn't that the kind of, like, dialogue style that you do not yeah, like? You don't like it. <laughs> it's not It's not my favorite. I did, though, once I, I sort of accepted, especially with the exes, that everyone was just going to be kind of extra. I just kind of went along with it. Like, it's really, it's really campy and everybody has really cheesy, like, supervillain lines. Yeah, it's great. And it's fun. I just kind of went along with it. That's what you have to do, though. That's what the movie asks you to do. It it did, and I was resistant to it for a little while, and then eventually I was just like, I, I don't know. I think my issue, like, my biggest issue with the movie is I had the exact experience of Kristen I really liked the movie up until the first X fight and then I was like oh we're doing this now okay and then there we're was the second the X fight and I was like checking my watch like oh my god we've got five more of these I, I kind of get it in that like my favorite part of the movie is the beginning before the X's show up and I wish there was more between the X fights, because the first two were kind of spaced apart, but then after that they all come like right one right after the other, which I get for pacing. This is my favorite thing. Ninety minute movies, 
they're amazing. This is about two hours. It's pushing it. But I still would have preferred extra scenes of, like, like the beginning of them living their lives, giving Scott shit. I'd like to see more dates between Scott and Ramona, probably. I don't, I don't exactly think... know what I want, but I but I would agree with buffers between the fights. I don't think the first 25 good. minutes were bad. It almost kind of reminded me of Juno, and I couldn't tell if that was just because it had Michael Sarah being awkward or other elements to it. But I think at some point I remembered oh, right, this is the movie where the girl has the seven evil exes. And then I looked at Knives Chow and was like, she seems too nice to have seven evil exes. Also, she's 17. <laughs> she's very young. Not that you can't I love have seven evil exes. But I was like, at some point, I just remembered, hey, the whole point of this movie is that he has to fight the seven evil exes. And we haven't even met the girl who has the evil exes. Let's move it along, please. So it, it's not that it was bad, but when I remembered the plot of the movie and what it was supposed to be, I'm like, um, shouldn't we be there by now? Let's go. But watching the movie, you realize you do need all that backstory. So it all works out. And even like I said, as I was watching it, I thought, I'm sure there will be like a reason that we're seeing all of this, but I don't like waiting for that reason. Yeah, I think that's sort of an Edgar Wright thing too. Like the the beginnings of Shaun of the Dead is also kind of slow, but it's all setting up sort of foreshadowing for things that happen once like the zombies are cut loose. And Makes sense. It's setting up the dominoes. Yeah, yeah. So, like placing like little images or little scenes or little bits of dialogue that then get brought back later once the once the zombies are there. I don't know. You should watch Shaun of the Dead. I think you would I like should. it. Although, sidebar, real quick. I finally watched Heathers, the movie that everyone was like, Kristen, I think you would enjoy Heathers. It seems like your genre. And I just thought Heathers was weird. Like, and I don't know if that's because I'm not a product <laughs> of the 80s or what, but I'm like, um, I don't know. This is just the odd kind of weird. Not necessarily the bad kind of weird, but just... Just the odd kind of weird. And so now it makes me skeptical for when people are like, I think you would enjoy this because I've been burned before very recently. <laughs> the one time. The one time. One time is all it takes. But no, I yeah. probably should watch Shaun of the Dead. My parents really like it and I am similar to them. So. It's been on my list for like a really long time. As well as Hot Fuzz, because I haven't seen that. For so I don't know why World's End is the only one I've seen. I don't know. Because I, I, I already knew it was the worst one. Yeah. And like, when I say that I like the Shaun of the Dead cutscenes, I'm thinking specifically of when he's like putting jam on his toast. And it's like coming out of the toaster and then he spreads it and then he bites it and all these other little tiny things. For some reason, I think about that scene a lot. And I don't know why. <laughs> and I'm like, if this if this one like ten second clip from a movie head. I haven't seen all of can dominate a chunk of my brain, imagine what the rest of the movie could do. And maybe I fear its power. That could be. That could be. You are afraid of many things. I am not. That's a lie. It's not. But uh no, I really enjoyed 
just the kind of cutscenes. And I know you guys weren't a big fan of the Evil Exes. One thing that I did like is that, also, one, I didn't know Mae Whitman was in this. There are a lot yeah. of people who I was like, wow, lots of people in this. And somehow I didn't see Mae Whitman's name on the credits. I must have, like, looked at my cat when that showed up or something. Because suddenly Mae Whitman was in the movie. And I was like, oh my god, it's Mae Whitman, look at you! And I really like that she shows up to fight Scott and he's like, not now, I, I don't want to do this, can you come back? And then she leaves. Like, she just goes. Yeah, she just... And then he fights the vegan, and then she comes back. But I really thought it was funny that she was like, yeah. I mean, she said it more sassily and more angrily than that, and was very spiteful. But he was like, not now. And she basically was like, oh, fine, we'll do this later. And then left. Did you know that Mae Whitman is a voice on the Owl House? She voices my favorite character. I did Owl know House this. plug. Everyone should watch it. I did know this because periodically, it's on Disney XD. I almost said Cartoon Network. It is wrong thing. I've only seen like three episodes, but it was a fun three episodes. I've seen all of the episodes, and they're all fun episodes. Wow, way to be a brown. It sounded like I was trying to be better than you, and I always am better than you. But I did genuinely mean like, yes, Kristen's right. They only get better as they continue. I meant to be in agreement, and I just kind of sounded like, I've seen all of them, but it's a good show. It's on Disney, <laughs> David. I'll tell you about it later. May Whitman's okay, in great. it. She plays Amity Blight, who I love. Great. Anyway, Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim. Did you get to the other things that you liked about the movie, Hallie? Well, I, I don't know. I just like the whole movie, I guess. So, like, I don't want to talk about all of the things I like, and I'll just chime in with, I liked that part when it becomes relevant. Okay, oh. when I say oh. that I didn't like that part? <laughs> yeah, when you say you didn't, I'll be like, here's why David's wrong. Okay. One thing that, um, when you mentioned that Edgar Wright likes to do, like, the laying the groundwork and whatnot, and there are some things that I feel like you see and you go, oh, that'll be relevant later. But for some reason, I did not connect the dots and expect that Gideon was going to be the record label guy, whose name is, like, G-Man <laughs> or something. I don't know why I didn't see that until they say it in the movie, like, oh, that's Gideon. He's G whatever, the record label guy. And I was like, oh my God, Kristen, you idiot. They keep mentioning the record label guy. They keep mentioning Gideon. You should have known they were one and the same. After Todd turned out to be one and the same, which I called like the moment it happened and was like, haha, you can't fool me. And then the movie fooled me. But I was pleased with it. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember. I don't know if I made that connection or not. I think... Like, by the time it was revealed, it was like, oh, yeah, of course. But I don't know that I saw it coming necessarily either. I think the movie did a good job of distracting me with all of the action scenes for me to really think too hard about, oh, of course, this G-Man guy is going to wind up being Gideon. Yeah. They, yeah. they do I... the look the other way so you don't see what's going on over here thing. Yeah. The, sort of. The misdirection. Yeah. It worked. Yeah. Anyway, what else did you like, David? Or are we moving on to what you didn't like? I think I covered... There will be other things that I like that will come up. I don't know. I think in general, I'm not a big fan of media where there's like a main geeky boy who sees life as kind of a video game and earns points through 
not being like just the biggest asshole in the world and then eventually wins a girl as his prize like ready player one is like this too and i don't know the fact is that scott is an asshole he's not the biggest asshole that ramona's ever dated but then the movie just kind of lets him off the hook and he gets back together with her at the end wait well no no he earns the power of self-respect and it's a sword and it's cool and then he like Mm. apologized to everyone my favorite part is when he talks to the band and he's like young neil your name is neil now you guys are way better without me because they are so like i agree that he's not perfect at the end and scott kind of sucks and i sort of wish he maybe didn't get with ramona at the end but like i feel like they made it clear that he needed to work on himself more than he needed to work on a relationship and i also don't feel like he markets like other other white boy protagonists who see the world as a video game you know they think they're cool and different because they do that but like for scott his world is literally a video game sometimes like it's it's less that they go to the arcade that one time with knives and it's clearly it's clearly an interest because their band name is sex bombs but you know the whole premise is that like they're video game fights but in a movie and they're fun and cool so like the video game thing feels like it comes to him and i never get the impression that he wins because he knows video games i get the impression he wins like by accident most of the time plus like his friends never lit up on him the whole movie which i love i feel like if i saw this as a high schooler i maybe wouldn't get all of that but i but as an adult i'm like yeah Wallace, you tell him, like, all the time, and it's just, Scott, Scott sucks, but I feel like he at least knows that he sucks at the end. I think he has, he does have kind of a revelation, but I don't know that he, it it feels like all he has to do is say, like, guys, I'm kind of sorry that I cheated on both of you, and also that I've been a terrible friend to Kim the entire time since they were in high school or whatever and that I've done all of these other horrible things and everyone's just like oh yeah that's cool Knives is like yeah you cheated on me but I'll help you defeat Gideon and so you can go and get the girl of your dreams back which is your reward I guess I think that's the thing that really sticks with me is Ramona as like the prize that he wins by accumulating literal points and coins by defeating her exes I think okay. that underlying philosophy of the movie was something that I was just not on board with. I was very bummed at the end because I didn't want Scott to be with Knives Child because he is 22 and she is 17 and that's weird. But when Ramona was walking away, I was like, yeah, good for you, Ramona. You've had seven evil exes. You came here to like find yourself and try to be a nicer person because apparently you haven't been that before. And they're trying to, like, turn over a new leaf. Good for you. I support you. So when she started to walk away, I'm like, yeah, continue on in your, like, self-discovery journey. And then she ends up with Scott. Which, I mean, you can see coming. And I expected. Because even when she was walking away, I thought, huh. Didn't see that coming. I thought she would end up with Scott. Which she did. But I, I liked that she was sort of doing her own thing. And then she got with Scott, who sucks. And okay, is not so as cool as Ramona. And she I, could I, do better. 
I get it and I agree, she could do better. And I think a stronger ending probably would have been them parting ways, but I also think that if they parted ways, the underlying metaphor of he freed her and she wouldn't have been able to do that without him would also still stand, and that's also not great. It's a lose-lose, either way. It's a lose-lose, So, but I also like the overarching plot of him doing this and then realizing, oh, I kind of suck at the end. So I just think there's probably a way to get Scott and Ramona together romantically or just, like, they end as friends and clearly still in contact with each other or something that isn't bad. But I, I do, do think it's very important that when Knives tells him to go after her, she says, I'm too cool for you anyway. Because she she's is. right. Yes. So, like, that one final dunk pleases me very much. And yes. is enough for me? I don't know. I don't really care about Scott and Ramona that much, actually. I do like when they're at the bar after he fought, well, after she fought Mae Whitman and he was being a jerk and she calls him out on it and then she leaves and she's like, you're on your way to becoming just another evil ex. Like, all of Scott's friends are consistently, like, calling him out on it, but I like that the romantic interest wasn't like, no, you're just misunderstood or whatever, like, Scott was being a jerk and she said, hey, you're being a jerk, stop it, because... Ramona's great. And I did like that. It's, we all, they all see Scott as being a person who can and should improve. I don't know. I appreciated it. I I really enjoyed when Scott called Anna Kendrick and was like, it's Scott. And she's like, oh God, what did he do now? And he's like, no, I mean like, it's me, Scott. And she's like, oh, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So, I was talking with a friend who's read the comics, and he says that the ending of the book has Ramona defeat Gideon on her own, and thus, like, kind of reclaims her self-identity. And I like that ending so much better. Oh, yeah. It's actually a a little bit infuriating that they changed the movie to have it all be about Scott. That felt like, 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 I didn't even, when I was arguing for, like, here's why the ending isn't quite as bad. Or why, like, I'm generally okay with it. It didn't even occur to me there was an ending with Ramona beating him myself. Because I was like, that's very obvious. If that ending existed, surely Edgar Wright would have done it. Or there was, like, a reason he didn't. That I'm mad. I am very angry now. That would be a fantastic ending. Yeah. Yeah. He also... My friend also said that the comics are a lot clearer about the fact that Scott sucks and his brand of masculinity kind of sucks and i think that would also been more appreciated in the movie well damn it maybe i have just been giving the movie credit for things the comic does shoot i'm upset now i'm mad (laughs) one thing this is a terrible night you've made me very upset i still like the film because i enjoy watching it but i'm gonna criticize it more harshly than i have been now because it took something beautiful and turned it into this what? What am I? Why have I been defending it? I'm mad. Continue. <laughs> One thing that I was like bummed about is that um, I'm not, and not not bummed. I just it seemed weird to me, uh, and I can't tell if again this is just something that was fine, quote unquote, ten years ago, and now just seems weird. But Scott clearly keeps saying seven evil boy or seven evil ex-boyfriends and she just says exes and he's like why do you keep saying that and we even see Mae Whitman in full like 
evil ex getup ready to fight him. And he doesn't connect it. And part of that is just because Scott is dumb. But I don't... And I'm not part of the LGBTQ community. So I don't know if I'm saying things that are they don't actually care about or whatever. But I don't like that one, it seems sort of like, not quite fetishized, but I think someone did in the movie at some point comment when Ramona Flowers and Mae Whitman were fighting and how that's like the only person that Ramona really fought. She did help fight Gideon, but even then she fought um, Knives first. And I don't like that it was like the girls fighting the girls. I think part of it was that I wanted there to be girl power. Obviously they're exes. She's evil. It's not going to be girl power for her and Mae Whitman. But I don't know. It just seemed sort of weird to me that Scott kept not getting it. And then Ramona was the one fighting Mae Whitman's character. And it just seemed a way that was meant to be like, yay, we're being inclusive because we have a bi character. She dated a woman. Fantastic. But also in a way that was slightly biphobic and also lightly fetishizing. And it rubbed me the wrong way. Like, do you see what I'm saying? Or was I the only one who thought that? I don't yeah, see it. No, I don't, I don't think it was being inclusive. I felt like it was being edgy in the same way that it was, yes. the movie was targeting vegans and girls who have dated a lot of people and Chinese people and like you know I, I think that the sort of the focus on her being bisexual was also lumped in with that sort of category of humor that really didn't do it for me that scene is actually one of the when I said I like all of it except for some parts that didn't age well or just shouldn't be in it the, that fight is one of the things I think shouldn't be in it. Well, the fight is fine. I like when Ramona whips out her hammer. But I don't like yeah. that Scott pulls the, um, I can't hit a girl because, like, I mean, obviously, don't hit women. Bad. But I feel like it, it's a video game fight montage. Like, I just feel like adding that line is just silly at that point. Because... It's a fun fight scene, and it just feels like they're trying to make Scott the dopey nice guy at that point, which he is the whole movie, but I don't know, that line just doesn't sit right with me. Um, but also because they defeat her with, like, a sex move because the back of her knee or whatever. I don't yes, like that. Yes, and they don't do that for any other guy, nor is that, no, like, and, ever mentioned. And I know, it's not that way in the comic. This is an actual fun fact that I know about the comic. That's not how they defeat her in the comic. It's a normal fight. So I, so I don't I'm so angry that the comic is so much better, and I'm only just remembering that the comic is so much better. I do think edgy was the good, like, edgy, quote-unquote, definitely not actually edgy, but trying to be, was the good way to describe it. Good job, David. But yeah, it just, it seemed off to me, and I wasn't a fan, not because... I mean, like, yay, by representation, fantastic. But they, they did it in a bad way. And then, yeah, they had Scott being like, oh, I can't hit a girl. Like, okay. You're Congratulations. Dumb. You get points for not wanting to hit a woman. Yeah. More coins well, for was, you. Uh, right. Well, I was also, like, really uncomfortable when Todd slugs knives earlier. So 
See, that hitting woman was weird because it came out of nowhere. Like, yeah. in the middle of a, a boss fight, it's like you're both fighting on equal terms. But well, that right, was yeah. super weird. Although I do like the line, you punched the highlights out of her hair. That's a gag, an isolated gag that I like. And if it had been like, that flower pot fell on her head so hard, it knocked the highlights out of her hair. I'd have been like, ha ha. But as it was, I was like, oh, Because eh, eh. yeah, he just it, slugs her, man. It came out of the yeah. blue. And then it was also very like, fight him to defend her honor. Yeah. In addition and, like, to fighting him to try to win over Ramona and get her as a prize. Which so I think is why double I bad. am okay with, because, because of that implication he's fighting for Knives' honor and then of course he's fighting for Ramona. I think that's part of why I like the self-respect sword at the end so much because I was like, oh yeah, because he's fighting for himself now. That's great. And then now, because he's a better version of himself, now he can go try to, like, have a, re- a relationship, romantic or otherwise, with Ramona. But now but now I'm just like, maybe that's not enough. It's not I, good enough. I it's did so like, mad. and maybe this is the absolute bare minimum, probably is, but I did sort of like that even though Scott had ended things with knives and he had cheated on her, which is not cool, and had just been very awkward. And even though she clearly was there with young Neil to try to make Scott jealous or whatever, I do like that even though they had broken up and it was awkward and he was very visibly awkward about it, he still wanted to help defend her honor. Again, it's like the bare minimum, but he wasn't just like, ugh, knives, no, that's a whole awkward thing. I'm not going to get into it. It was like, hey, She's a nice girl. Don't do that. She doesn't deserve it. It's it's a tiny, tiny layer, but it's there. And I thought that's one semi-decent thing of Scott that, again, is the bare minimum. But that's really all he has going for him. It's, yeah. Yeah. I did want to talk <laughs> a little bit more about Ramona, too. There is that scene in the in the bar after Scott is being terrible to her and she says that he's going to be another evil ex but I think in general I was disappointed that she seemed to have less and less agency as the movie went on like I I really liked the scene when she's first with Scott and they're in bed and she's like actually you know what I changed my mind I'm not going to have sex with you Scott Pilgrim and like you can stay in my bed but that's all that I want and yeah, good for it, it showed someone who is like had a lot more control over her life than Ramona seemed to have for much of the rest of the movie. Once the exes were introduced, like she <laughs> she turns much more into just the prize to be won by Scott, which again Although, a little bit grossed out by. A tiny See, tiny argument I think could be made in that she did say that she was trying to leave all the exes behind her and that it keeps following her everywhere she goes so i'm not saying that she has to revert not really revert but go into a less in control of her life and her decisions version of ramona but i think maybe you could make the argument that like this happens every time and at this point she's just kind of sick of it and isn't necessarily taking a back seat but is like nah man i'm done i'm sort of opting out this is whatever it would be nice if we had seen her make more of a decision. Not make a decision, but... I don't know. You know what I mean. But I think you can make an argument that she just was sick of it because this always happens. 
see. Do eh, I think that's you're, what you're... the movie intended? No, but it's possibly a factor as you watch that you could consider. The problem is that it's like this wishy-washy middle line. Like you're both right in that she's sick of it, but that she also loses agency. But I, I feel like before. Before I was bad, I was going to give the movie some credit because they paint Gideon very much like an abusive relationship where she's like, I don't know why I stay, ETC, ETC, which is which is a cool thing to explore. But especially if if Ramona is the one who gets to beat him at the end. I mean, I also don't like the microchip joke they make because that just like undoes the whole... It, it cheapens any sort of line they were trying to draw to a manipulative relationship when she's like no he has a way of getting in my head see ah like i could have given the movie credit for making her lose agency on purpose because of the nature of manipulative relationships if they gave her agency back but now they don't and i know that it would have been very easy for them to have done that it would have been easy before i knew about the comics ending but now i'm just they could have done that. They could have done that. They could have. They could have done that. Yeah. So I guess she does lose agency, and that's a shame, because Ramona is objectively cool. You can just tell. Yes. She's super and I like cool. Her first few conversations with Scott. I'm I'm really interested, like, for whatever reason, their relationship, despite being the focal point of the plot, is not the focal point of my enjoyment when I am watching the film. But I do really like how they don't really talk about much, but they do seem to hit it off. I just think their dialogue is really good together because I can never remember specifically what they say to each other unless it's the um, the bar scene where she's just calling him out. But it, it, it does feel like they at least have chemistry. They do. Again, it's not it's not my focal point. It's not what I enjoyed most or even second or third most about the movie but you can tell that they are good together she still can do way better than scott because she's awesome but they enjoy each other's company and they go well together they mesh so what do you think about scott and knives the other relationship yeah that's no (laughs) like he should never have he should never be dating her but, but like, the movie makes that very clear that he should never have been dating her. And right. I love that Knives is, like, a little groupie who's like, I never knew good music until Scott Pilgrim. Because that's also a very high school thing to do. You know, to think your whole world has been blown open by this random if white anything, boy though, who's I was, older than you. I was kind of bummed cool. at the movie. Like, clearly all of Scott's like, I friends just, I don't know. are disappointed. And even his sister, who's 18 and only a year older, is like, ooh, no, that's not good. So I like it's obviously an agreement that Scott should not be dating a high schooler. But at no point does anyone say, "Scott, no, that's actually super mega creepy because you're 22 and a grown adult and she is 17 and literally still in high school." And no. Just like it's I I don't like it. I it's not If anything it was sort of a detractor if they had at least made her 18 and like a senior and still in high school which is weird but at least she's an actual adult it would have been fine i don't know 
I, I didn't like it, and I didn't like that more people weren't blatantly saying, Scott, no, do not date a high schooler. Super mega creepy and bad. Yeah, I like... You don't think- I think I really like Knives as a character, though. Even if the movie sure. is just kind of casually racist towards her, like, throughout the entirety of it, which... Yeah. Knives is really great. How they of. treat Knives no. in the movie needs but, to be better. Correct. Yeah, though I didn't, again, I didn't understand her change of heart at the end where she helps Scott defeat Gideon after he's admitted to cheating on her with Ramona. And then at the very end where she's like, no, you should go and pursue the girl that you've been fighting for this whole time. I don't know. I think, I think, I mean, it still doesn't really add up. But I think how I interpreted it was that all this time she thought that it was Ramona who had stepped in and said, hey, I'm going to steal Scott from Knives because I want Scott for myself. And didn't realize somehow that Scott was the one who had cheated on her and actively made the choice to pursue Ramona instead of Knives. And... No, that doesn't mean that she should turn around and help him and say, hey, go get her. But I think it at least helps her accept that, no, Scott wanted to be with Ramona. And Ramona didn't do anything aside from exist. And Scott happened to like her. And then she likes him. So I that's how I interpreted it, is that she had imagined Ramona was his boyfriend stealer. And that wasn't the case but maybe that's not correct. I don't know. She's, like I said, still doesn't add up, but that's how I interpreted it. She's so young that it feels like Scott being like, I'm sorry, and making amends and like becoming a better person would would make her help him. It's the, it's the mature quote unquote choice to like let Scott go pursue the girl that she knows he wants more than her. And she's too cool for him anyway. She's too cool for him anyway. And I think part of that too is how young she is, which I know is paradoxical to the mature thing. But I feel like if she was our age and this happened, it would be a like, fuck you. And then she'd walk away instead of doing the go get him. Of course, if this movie was better, she also would have done that. But like, she feels like a very believable 17-year-old to me. She does. Somehow, in a movie where everybody is, like, over-the-top and flashy, she feels like a very realistic, like, 17-year-old. Yeah, it just felt like a bigger trend of Scott not getting punished for anything. Yeah. Like... Yeah, I can... Yeah. Like, he's I'm... just, he's just like, the geeky kid protagonist that all the geeky kids want to be. And he's yeah, and not he he's says, not good throughout the whole movie. And, you know, he does apologize. But I don't know. I guess that doesn't feel like that... enough to me. And he doesn't like there are is any comeuppance. He, like even he the ex that he, that he cheated on is just like, yeah, no, you're still great. And you should go get the girl of your dreams, even though you broke my heart or whatever. I don't know. 
It's that in addition to the fact that Ramona also realizes that he was still with Knives when he was with Ramona at first. And she also isn't like, hey, dick move. What's that about? Right. Not Neither one of them are appropriately mad at Scott. Not saying how they should feel, but Scott did a jerk thing and they deserve to be mad at him for it. And Scott I, I deserves get... to, you know, have repercussions to his terrible actions. I still, I still don't feel like Scott quite reaches the level of, like, Ready Player One protagonist of, like, nerd boy everybody wants to be. But that's only because I can't fathom wanting to be Scott Pilgrim. And I may be giving, like, <laughs> viewers and men in general too much credit for that. But Scott doesn't feel like the plucky everyman protagonists. He feels like Scott, and he sucks. So I still have. Mi- I think he deserves. I think he deserves more comeuppance. I revoke my earlier comments on the ending. It sucks, and I don't want to defend <laughs> it anymore because I want Ramona to beat up Gideon, and uh, I don't want them together, and I want Scott to be more punished. But I. But I will stand by. If you want to be Scott Pilgrim, you're wrong. And that's a you problem, not a movie problem. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think... I think overall... Like, my overall feelings about the movie is... From pretty early on, I felt like it was trying to sell me something. like Like, philosophically that I wasn't really that interested in buying. So when it started getting weird and stylized, I wasn't, I I couldn't go along with it and have fun with it as much as I wanted to. That's really interesting. Sorry, I cut you off. Keep going. No, no, that's that's most of my feelings. I was just going to say that I feel the exact opposite and I feel like it's not trying to preach or sell me anything except that Scott sucks and I'm very willing to buy that. So, I love, like, I can't, why do you think that it's, that it's selling you something? Well, selling me something isn't quite the right term, I guess. But the premise of it from pretty much the very beginning of, like, this geeky kid who's obsessed with this girl he doesn't know and, like, starts stalking her and stuff. And, like, I don't know. I wasn't. It wasn't my thing. So once it start started getting into the fight scenes and like the movie really picks up and starts to be like, here we go, we're going to have a lot of fun now. I wasn't able to go along with it because the premise of it had already kind of gotten under my skin. Okay. So, and that might just be a me thing. But the the thing is, it's objectively good for that kind of plot to get under your skin, and I'm mad that it doesn't at the beginning of the movie. For me, because I'm enjoying all the characters so much, and I guess I also at the beginning feel like, even though I know how it ends, I feel like I could still somehow watch Scott fuck it up. Yeah. Like, you know how sometimes you watch a horror movie and you're like, maybe this time... They won't die. I feel that way about <laughs> Scott sometimes when I watch Scott Pilgrim. 
Because it's like, I mean, I don't know. The joke about, like, he stalked her at the party is so fast and at a party in a public place. So that part doesn't feel... It doesn't feel like the movie is actually condoning creepy behavior at that point. It feels like it's making a joke because he's he's interested. He's trying to, like, approach her at the party. Yeah, I thought that part was just funny. The rest of it, like, when he would not let her uh, go until he oh, got not, the date, yeah. that was not fun. Yeah, but that I thought great. that the party that scene was be, just kind of funny because... Haven't we all seen an attractive person at a social gathering and been like, oh, hello, who are they? And maybe you look over at them a little bit more than you should. <laughs> Ask everybody about them. You yeah, know, like, who are what's they? How old are they? What do they do? What's their name? Is it compatible that, with my yeah, name? Yeah, that felt like universal crush, but now I'm just afraid that I am so conditioned to accept this kind of behavior and plot from movies like, oh no, maybe I'm not looking into it enough like I foolishly did at the beginning of this episode where I was okay with the ending. I'm I'm so frustrated. I didn't expect to be this frustrated after this conversation. I still like the movie and I think that's part of what is the most frustrating. I want to like watch it again because I like all the fight scenes and I like the music. I thought Brie Larson would be in it more. Not that I thought she was a main Uh. character or anything, but maybe it's just because Brie Larson is currently very popular, and so people have mentioned her yeah. previous roles, including her role in Scott Pilgrim. But I, for some reason, just expected her to be in it more than she was. And she had, what, like, ten it, minutes? It does feel like Envy Adams could have done some more stuff. I wanted, if anything, one thing I was waiting for that I really thought was at least going to be semi-mentioned or joked about, or lightly touched on, is that, not that Scott's exes are evil, but at this point you had Kim, Knives, Envy, and they mentioned that he had scorned Julie at some point. And I was like, wow, look at that, he has four exes of his own. And I thought that there was going to be some sort of Scott has to fight his exes as well as Ramona's, <laughs> or something like that. Not necessarily fight, that but at least come to terms with how he was bad. But I thought that that was gonna, better. like, become a thing. And it it did not. Oh, no. It could did have. Could have. Could have. That's the sequel. I'd watch that. Yeah. Because even when Ramona and him broke up, I was like, boom, there's five. We need two more. <laughs> I was Gideon trying to gather all the female exes to start a squad to fight Scott. Not fight any potential romantic interest for Scott, just fight Scott. Just beat him up? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just. And I know that Scott sucks, and I know that, like, communal as a community we're pretty much over michael Sarah, but i do think he does a really good job as scott it made me want to watch other michael Sarah roles i was yeah, just thinking like, like oh. i should i should pop in juno i should pop in nick and nora's infinite playlist i should pop in insert other michael Sarah movies but i don't know michael Sarah's is just kind of a funny breed 
He's a fun man. He has a child. Doesn't that seem weird? I feel like you've said this before. You may that have does, said this. That does seem Juno. weird, actually. Yeah, it's weird. He does awkward well. And I thought this one was it's fun re- because he's... in... Even though he sucked and... uh, Oh, God, what's his character's name in Juno? I want to say... Oh, no, Bleaker. Bleaker. I kept getting, like, Skeeter. And I'm like, no, it's not Skeeter. <laughs> but Bleaker... <laughs> And even though Bleaker was good and Scott is not, it was kind of fun because Bleaker was such the quiet shy and Scott was a bit more vocal and acting on his feelings, even when those actions and those feelings were bad. It was just kind of fun. I don't think I've seen Michael Sarah speak with so much animation and the action fight scenes. Were more than I think Scott's I've ever seen really Michael Sarah move. Shy. He's just like soft spoken and like I don't know. He just he's he's got like a really fun delivery. I don't want to call it endearing because I do spend the movie hating Scott, but it is funny. It's funny and it is like good. Yeah, I agree. Another cut scene that I thought was really fun. Going back to that that no one asked for was when. He was still with Knives, and I think it was after he had seen Ramona at the library. I don't know if he had already seen her at the party or what, but, you know, when he kept jumping from one scene to another, and he was somewhere, and then he was in bed, and then he was out walking with his friends, and then they were doing something else, and I liked it because at first it seemed like time was passing, and Scott was like, what? How did I get here? And then it just sort of became a... This is how time passes. And I enjoyed that they didn't waste time being like, Scott was at his house, but now he's walking to this place. I just like that they brought us there. But that particular collection of cutscenes was amusing because I couldn't tell if it was just bringing us, the audience, from place A to B to C. Or if it was showing Scott being so in the zone and hard eyes over Ramona that he hadn't realized almost that time was passing and that all these things were happening it was funny it's both which is enjoyable it's 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 good when a movie can accomplish multiple things with one scene or be economical in the way that it moves things along while adding to character like that yeah i agree i like that i like that cutscene as well is there anything else that people wanted to talk about no none for me i i'll just be mad (laughs) It's not really to talk about, but I I do like the friendship between his roommate and his sister and how they're always talking to each other yes. about Scott. I just thought that was a funny Wallace, running gag. I can never decide if Wallace or Kim is my favorite character, but I really love Wallace. He's in the running. And I can't remember Anna Kendrick's name. I can't remember his sister's name. I cannot remember. But I, I, that's one of my favorite running gags, that they're always in contact and it's almost always about Scott. It, even that he, like, steals her boyfriend. Right, and she's like, Wallace, again? I really again? liked that gag. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like that <laughs> gag. Jimmy. And then he's the fourth person who sits up in the bed. That was good. Yeah, it's it's classic. And, like, Wallace's current boyfriend apparently doesn't care. Nope. I don't, I just, I love it. So, yeah, not a talking point. Just another another thing I enjoyed. But I think I'm... I think I'm good. I don't think there's anything else. 
All right. So we're going to have to edit some of this. But I had picked a movie for next time. Yeah. Because for next time, it's catching up Hallie and Kristen for the 25th 25th episode special. Right, audience. We're mixing it up. Mixing it up. I had decided basically on my own that I wanted to do this, but (laughs) every... 25 seems like a good number so once every how long have we even been doing this it's been like it's been it's been like a year over it's been (laughs) a year and a half but we did take a really long break when covid happened that's true so yeah once once a year maybe we'll (laughs) have a year you get to show us a movie that you like i get to i get to i get behind the wheel and um so I had picked a movie, but then it came up that you two haven't seen Snowpiercer. <laughs> and <laughs> Snowpiercer and is probably, it's not an art movie in the way that the movie I had picked is. And I watched Snowpiercer and I had, I, I didn't love it. It wasn't a movie like the one that I had picked that I actually genuinely enjoy. But I also feel like you need to see Snowpiercer. <laughs> so, so do you want us to watch the movie that you enjoy, or do you want us to like? I you had were so, you were so like, should I make them watch The Room, or should I make them watch a movie that I actually care about? And I was like, the one that you care about. I'm interested to know what you care about. And. I- <laughs> and I, you're like, Snowpiercer is what I care about, <laughs> even though I don't care about it. It's not that I don't care about Snowpiercer. I have very strange and mixed feelings about it. And it is something that I've I've read the comics for it too. I've like actually after seeing comics? the movie I went back and read the the graphic novels cuz I was really interested in it cuz it's very strange. I don't think it's as strange as the movie that I had picked. We but... are capable of doing both like we can do one for the episode and then we can do one just for funsies that's i guess true. we can we can let you make us watch two movies <laughs> annually out of the 24 oh, that so we many. have made you watch that's so much responsibility <laughs> it is so the other movie the movie that i had picked that i do really enjoy is called holy motors holy it's motors. by a it's by a French director named Leos Carax, and it is one of the strangest things that I've ever seen. And I don't see part of the part of the trouble with picking Holy Motors is I'm convinced that neither of you is going to like it. <laughs> it depends. And... You said it's the strangest thing, but a lot of people said that Heather's was good weird, and it turned out to be weird weird. So is it good weird, weird weird, or bad weird? I think it's, I think it's really good weird. Okay. But I like good it's, weird. It's a, but my good weird could be your bad weird. It could be. Name other examples of good weird that I you think I would have actually seen, and then I can get a gauge for your good weird sense. Oh, that's so hard. You gotta go right now on the spot. Let's go. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know what 
I would have seen that I think is good weird that you also would have seen. Then name things that are good weird without regard for whether or not I've seen it. Because you haven't, you haven't seen Return to Oz, have you? Nope. That Wait. was another movie that, that made the shortlist. That's not, is that the most recent one? That's not the most recent one. No, it's from like the 80s or early 90s. Then no, I have not. It's on Disney Plus, though. I do know that if you want to watch Return oh, to Oz. Oh, mayhaps I will add that I might to my that. list. It's a very strange Disney movie and kind of terrifying. <laughs> there are a lot of like very creepy 80s children's movies things. Anyway, Holy Motors, very well reviewed by critics. New York Times called it one of 2012's 10 best films. Sight and Sound Film Magazine put it at number four on its critics poll of best films from 2012. And French film magazine Cahiers de Cinema selected it as the best film of the year. Wow, it's also, so it's got some praise. It's, got it's also ranked number 16th of the greatest films of the 20th century in a worldwide critics poll conducted by the BBC. So... If critical acclaim is a thing that you care about, which I know is not, <laughs> um, it's I don't uh, not care about it. Yeah, but I'm just like intimidated by this movie already. I truly expected you to pick this absolute like no name underground indie. No one's heard of it unless you were at Sundance and heard four people whisper about it. I expected <laughs> right. that. It was in the bunker at Sundance. Yeah. <laughs> no, this this film has Eva Mendez and Kylie Minogue in it. Really? I've never seen so. her act in anything outside of the uh, Christmas special of Doctor Who. Well, there you go. You will soon see her act in Holy Motors. Soon I shall. I'm excited. So that'll be our next episode. Listen at your peril <laughs> and check it out on Amazon. If you have Prime, you can watch it for free with a free trial of some other movie service or something. I know that it's available. Or go to your public library. I just got the DVD from my public library. So support your local yeah. libraries. Support your Please local do. libraries. Watch a watch a weird French film. And uh it's French? This was not specified. It's uh yeah, it's it's by a it's by a French director and uh is is French. Hmm. Okay. That checks out. We'll see. We'll see, we'll see if it's French. We'll be the judge of that. <laughs> exactly. If they don't sing the Gaston song, it's not French. That's the Gaston song is required to be French. <laughs> well, I I can make no promises, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So yeah, that'll be for next time. And until then, um... no, David, hold on. Oh, I predict what? that Holy Motors is going to be what happens when Herbie Fully Loaded goes to France. And he discovers the Notre Dame. And he decides... <laughs> it changes his life. <laughs> changes his life. And he decides to dedicate his life to holiness and 
motors, but feels torn when a life of sin, Gaston's tavern, draws him in. <laughs> and he can't say no. <laughs> Holy motors! Holy motors. Critically acclaimed. Critically acclaimed. Featuring Herbie the love bug. Yeah. <laughs> in the starring role. Yes. <laughs> Alright. So, until next time. Goodbye, Hallie. Goodbye. Goodbye, Kristen. Farewell. So long, everybody.